0: Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think podcast.
2: Hi folks, Gordon Brewer here, and if you don't know me, I'm the person behind the Kindness and Compassion podcast, which is part of the PsychCraft network of podcasts, and I'm so proud to be part of this network along with Nathan and Aaron and the great work they are doing to help people in their lives and in their journeys. And if you haven't discovered the Kindness and Compassion podcast, you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd love for you to join me as I explore both the psychological and spiritual and emotional sides of how we can live into more kindness and compassion in our lives. It's a podcast devoted to helping people find peace and contentment in their lives, through the Practices of Kindness and Compassion. You can also check us out at kindnessandcompassion.com. Hey
1: everyone, welcome to the ShrinkThink Think Podcast. We, as always, are excited to be here and we've got a little bit of a difficult topic. It's one that has come up a lot in society over the past, I don't know, several years. Actually, um, three, mostly. Yeah, mostly three years. And it's one of those things that I it seems like when something happens in society, everyone starts talking about this and some people know what to do. Some people don't know what to do. And so we thought we'd broach the subject to kind of give you guys, our audience, a little flavor of kind of what happens within the community, maybe some things that you can keep in mind if this impacts you or your community so that you can be a little bit more informed. Because overall, we would love for everybody to be helpful, to be supportive, to work together, because it really does take a community to deal with the issue that we're going to be talking about today, which Nathan's going to bring up and uh, intro us. So Nathan, take it away.
0: (laughs) You get (laughs) get to do the heavy lifting here. I guess to start with, I want you to keep in mind that we know that our show actually has been in 27 different countries, which is weird to think about out loud. So that also means that there's also a lot of different laws that are out there, and we don't know what those all are. So we're talking very much in general, and the topic is suicide. So I brought this up with Aaron because I was like, you know what, this is becoming much more of a forward issue. When I first started, so I've been practicing for about 20 years, you would run into the topic every now and then. Honestly, I'm trying to think about this on the fly right now, but I want to say probably Because private practice is a bit different, but maybe two or three times over the course of like fifteen years, and then all of a sudden stuff started to escalate where people were talking about this on a regular basis, and I, you know, I don't actually know why that is. I know the pandemic really shot that up, and that makes sense to me. And as a listener, you probably are like, "Yeah, well, no duh," but what's also come up is how things progress and escalate. For example, we'll get questions like. Well, I think my friend might be suicidal. I don't really know. Should I tell anybody? Like, at what point do you bring it up? You know, like, because on the one hand, they're just kind of talking about it. And on the other hand, I don't, you know, I don't know if I should ask more and it'll make it worse. And then with the therapist community, younger therapists regularly struggle with, they bring up suicide, their client does. And we know as therapists that, and universally, the one time that you're going to, one of the one times that you're going to break confidence in that situation, is when somebody's going to harm themselves. So when you're a younger therapist and your client starts bringing this stuff up, there's kind of this response of, uh, I'm supposed to talk about this now. I need to bring, I need to do something.
1: And I feel like it's one of those things also that people know they probably should talk about, but they don't know what to say. They don't know how to talk about it. You know, it's the whole, in here in America, it's the whole topic of death. You know, like when somebody dies and... You're talking with a loved one or family member you know who lost that that person people don't know what to say to the person grieving it's kind of similar to that where people don't know what to say like you've mentioned that you're not doing well you've thought of killing yourself or you just would love to not be here and people's responses is generally oh (laughs) like what do i say to that right which is interesting because as therapists we are trained to deal with this and we want you guys to know as other therapists out there listening, but also as uh, just regular listeners, people who are not trained in this stuff that are just walking around the streets, to listening to the podcast, the talking to the person, Hey, how's it going? Are you suicidal? Um, we went to don't do that. <laughs> no, don't do that. But we want to equip you with some tools and some confidence of how to talk about this and what kinds of things you might do might need to do. So I guess, first of all, like, when when somebody mentions that they're suicidal or they're talking about, you know, having like suicidal thoughts or what we call suicidal ideation, which is just these general ideas of like not wanting to be here, not necessarily like I want to stab myself kind of a thing. In general, it's a good idea, actually, just to start talking about it like it's no no other topic. It's just any, like any other topic. You don't have hesitation. You ask the questions. You do all the things right. You're not afraid. You're not tiptoeing around. And that's actually really helpful. So in general, I would say like, if somebody's suicidal, just start asking questions like, Oh, how long have you felt that way? Um, is, is this been like something that's recent or did it start sometime soon? Like what would, what would you do? How would you go about that? Um, is there something that I can do to support you? Like, do you, do you want to stop yourself or is this something that you're just like, no, I'm going to do this and I don't really care. You know, who knows it, you know, whatever. So First of all, just bringing it out in the open and being comfortable talking about it, I think is kind of the first monkey off your back or elephant in the room that you kind of have to address.
0: Yeah, I want to speak to the larger piece of this, just because as you're just, you know, giving that information, I started thinking, you know, there is a lot of situations that we are not going to be addressing, really. I mean, there is a lot of different ways things happen. There are situations out there where people lose their lives kind of as a community member, like, and I'm saying that as a therapist or friend, it's shocking. Like no one knows, you know, no one knew that no one expected that. Then everybody starts wondering like, well, what did I miss? What was the sign that I missed? And actually a lot of times people that, that do those types of things, well, that type in that type of way, intentionally were staying hidden. You won't find out necessarily how, and and so there's i guess i'm i'm realizing as we're opening this up there's a lot of different angles to this we just won't be able to speak to all of it one simple thing too in the land of therapy we have this thing called suicidal ideation and what that means is like think of idea that means this person is thinking about it right i would not call them suicidal i would say that they are so down or reflective or they have or overwhelmed that the thoughts that are coming to their mind are like, well, you should just, you could end all this. Like, that's one thing.
1: There's, there's a question that I'll usually ask people at this point, you know, when it seems like they've got this ideation is to clarify or to differentiate between being suicidal and having this ideation is I'll ask the question, do you want to die? Or do you just want the pain to end? Like if you're going through something and you're like, just in pain, you're suffering, it's just been a lot or whatever oftentimes that's where people have this ideation of like, oh, I would love to just not be here anymore. Or yeah, I would be, be fine if a like, bus ran over me or if I got hit in traffic or whatever. That's like, I want the pain to end. I don't necessarily want to die or kill myself. And so that's like the differentiator between somebody who's got ideation. They just want the pain to go away versus somebody who's actually suicidal or actively suicidal. They actually want to die.
0: Yeah. And that, that is a great point. And, and also your idea there, as far as like the situation of, I don't care if a bus hits me or whatever, that is becoming pretty common. Mm -hmm. I hear that one actually quite a bit, not the necessarily bus directly, but it'd be fine if an asteroid struck, you know, the planet.
1: I want to say I read somewhere that it's like, like 60% of people, maybe as high as like 70% of people have had some sort of suicidal ideation. And, you know, honestly, um, I've talked with a number of people, even kind of in like um, a spiritual community, like they share some of the you know, people who are very grounded, very healthy, very like peaceful or whatever. Um, they even have this similar kind of a thing where it's like, you know, if, um, <laughs> you know, if Jesus came back or if I died, um, I would be going to heaven or my life, this pain, the suffering of this life would be over. And like, I'm OK with that. I think in a certain sense, that's like some acceptance about like, yeah, this life is difficult and it's challenging and it's painful and it's arduous and it takes a lot of endurance or whatever. And ugh, I just would love for that to be over. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. And then there are kind of two ways or two, two uh, different directions. This goes, well, it goes one direction, but kind of two ways that it gets there. Because on the one hand, with the ideation that we've been talking about, you need, it's, it's the person needs to talk about this. It's you, you, it's going to be good for you to try to empathically talk with them, which we've talked about another podcast of how to do that. So to just understand, and like your question's a good question, you know, do you just want all, maybe if you get broader pain, stress, the overwhelm, do you just want that to end? Or do you feel like you actually need or want to die? Um, The other thing that people, because the word suicide has become kind of too sterilized over the years, kind of too. So a lot of times what we've been told to do is use different language around it. Like, do you intend to kill yourself? Because it kind of wakes people up into the, the, oh, well, no, no, I don't want to kill myself. I just was saying that this whole thing sucks or whatever. But they actually might use the word suicide and it doesn't have the same weight that, you might be as a society member thinking that it does.
1: Right. Even you just saying it like that. I'm like, if you're listening, you might be thinking, Whoa, I can't even imagine saying that to somebody. Do you want to kill yourself? Like (laughs) those words would be like so hard to come out of your mouth. Right. right? But like in this space, they need to, it needs to be, that needs to be normal. We just need to be open and talk about it because those are the kinds of thoughts that people have had. Or like you're saying, no, 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 that's not at all. Okay, that kind of gives us me a sense of safety or whatever. But like if that is what's been happening, if you have been having those thoughts, those words are not
0: new to me. Not only that, but the person is is going back and forth in their mind. They've already been doing that. So you are not going to make it worse (laughs) by talking about it. Or you're not planting an idea. Kill myself. Oh, with that there's a new thought. <laughs> right, I, think I,
1: I think I will. Thank <laughs> you. I need to go right now. But first I need the
0: Starbucks mocha. <laughs>
1: right. Like that's not gonna happen. And that's but that's the kind of thing that people are worried about, right? That if you bring it up, you're somehow gonna manifest it in somebody else's life. Like that's just not a thing. If you if you mention it, probably like you're saying, Nathan, like the other person has probably already thought about it before. So you're really just speaking to something that's already there and bringing it into the light, which has the opportunity from there to bring some
0: clarity. Right. Because the person in that moment is no longer alone with these thoughts because now you're there, you're there and you're able to ask questions. And from an outside perspective, they haven't had questions asked, right? So this is, this is something that they will have new thoughts about, which can help them actually to realize they might realize something. They might realize like, oh, I actually didn't even think of that connection that you're talking about and things can come back down. Now, I, I do want to say when you know that like, okay, this needs to, this needs to move on to the next level, which is, and I would say if you're having a conversation like this with a friend and they're talking about that, um, counseling is a, is a next step. The, what I what I'm aware of, though, is depending on how fast that you go to that, that's probably not a good. like they start talking. You're like, oh, have you thought about killing yourself? Yeah, I guess I have. You need a counselor. You should do you know, like just immediately.
1: Yeah, probably not. Not the greatest <laughs> idea. I mean, you need I was going to say, actually, there's another piece of this, too, which is if somebody shares with you. Yeah, that is something I've thought about. If you're the friend, if you're the person that's talking with the person that's got these thoughts or these ideas, you're going to feel like there's a weight now on your shoulders that you are somehow kind of carrying responsibility for keeping somebody alive or making sure that they don't harm themselves. That's very normal. I guess in some ways I want to assure you that you are not responsible for keeping this person alive. That's not your job. We as therapists have encountered many instances where people have done above and beyond, they've gone above and beyond helping another person stay safe and stay alive. And that person has still taken their own life, right? And we are not responsible if somebody is going to choose that, they're going to do that, like no matter what. right? Um. So there is a weight of that. But I guess in another sense, I guess I would love to reframe that from there's a weight of responsibility for the other person's life into, and this reminds me of when we were talking with Pavel, on our show and he was talking about basically people not being there for him and then other people coming around and being there for him when he broke his neck in this car accident and his wife, it was paralyzed, broke her neck, right? When people were there, they were with him and they probably felt a lot of what he was going through. They weren't responsible for any of this stuff that was going on, but that's like the depth of relationship and closeness that you're carrying and that, so when you're in that space with somebody, it's a huge privilege, and you do realize, I think, the specialness or the privilege, I guess, it is to be in that space with somebody, even if it is kind of
0: something negative. And the thing about it is, is when you are empathically connecting, it's hard because you are having to connect with darkness, quite frankly, that you probably experienced at some point in your own life, because you're you're trying to understand what's going on and. You are being a good friend by making that connection and going, all right, well, let's talk about this, you know, and it is true that in order for you to stay in the friend zone, um, which is what you are, that you do need to escalate this to the community of therapists because at that point, this, your friend can have you as a support, but then process the stuff that is, that is needed to be processed a certain and special way in a clinical setting there's the next phase of the game where where people are outright like they they basically are telling you what's going on and they're they're more like they're informing you they're informing you like i'm going to do this you've been a great friend you know like that kind of thing that that is an immediate escalation you are calling 911 in that scenario because this person when they get out of your whatever your uh your space the the likelihood of something happening it just escalates immediately.
1: Yeah, you can't do nothing. You like you have to, at that point you have to do something.
0: Yeah, because it's because you don't when it when it becomes to where like you're you were in your mind going, "Oh my goodness, this is unpredictable. I this person's really going to do it." There's a panic feeling that comes across that that the way that that's managed is emergency services.
1: Yeah, and let me just say to be clear here Just because somebody says I've had suicidal ideation or I've thought about killing myself, that can, if this is like the first time you've heard this from that person, or maybe this is the first time you yourself have heard somebody say it, that can seem really scary to you. And that's totally understandable. But at the same time, what we're saying is that doesn't mean you need to immediately go call 911 because it's scary to you, right? We're kind of trying to help you to see that just because somebody says this doesn't mean oh, no, immediately, urgently, I need to go take action. Like you're saying before, that might actually not be, that might be the worst thing you can do. There might be some times where actually you need to make some space with this person to have the conversation. and Maybe that's what they need at this point. Maybe it's a certain point where they're not going to take action. Nothing's going to happen right now. It feels scary. It feels unknown, uncertain for the future. But right now, it's like, okay, you're not going to hurt yourself right now. I don't know about later. But right now it seems like everything's okay, so we don't need to take action. But what you're saying is in some circumstances, if somebody is saying, yeah, I'm going to then and you get the sense of like this is really, really, really urgent, not just that it's scary, but it's urgent. Yeah,
0: you do need to take action. I think the difference is in one setting with ideation, the person is bringing it up and they are processing it with you. In the other scenario, they've already made their decision. They're not bringing this up to process it with you. They're informing they're, you. They're they're literally just giving you this is what's been decided. It's our, like I'm not going to talk about it, and that um, that is not typically what happens. That's kind of a rare thing, but I feel like we we needed to say that because it can, and you need to know that. Okay, well, if you've de- so you've decided this. This is done. You're not telling me that you want to talk about it. this is where you're at.
1: And it may not be like, I'm doing this right now, but I've decided it's going to happen. I just don't know when. That is a thing that people will say as well, which may mean like, okay, they've decided and it's imminent. It might be today, tomorrow, in a week. I'm not sure, but the escalation is still necessary.
0: Yep. And that also means talking to family members, like you're going to do it. And it doesn't matter that the person is going to feel totally betrayed and 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 you are going to feel like you are totally betraying them. Right. Because it's life and death. That game's over.
1: They might even tell you like, it doesn't matter. I've already decided like there's no you don't need to tell people you don't need to do any of this. It's this is stupid or whatever. They might be annoyed or angry with you for doing it because in their mind, like they've already decided, what is it? What are you going to do? That's going to change my mind. I've already decided this is just more annoying fine leave me alone or whatever they're going to say kind of in reaction to that but that means you still have to do your due diligence to care for that person in that way
0: right the other side of the coin in in therapy it's very similar to the younger therapists out there if the person's talking about it and processing it you're probably not at the point yet of breaking confidence because that's the entire reason why they're there on the other hand when you start asking about a plan and that kind of thing, and then and then you move to intent and they're like, you're realizing like, man, there's another side to this where the person can feel compelled. It's like something outside of their own self is saying, like is pushing them toward it. They would like to not do it, but they kind of keep doing it. Those are situations where, and this is just my opinion, and we all have opinions, like we all have arms and legs and butts, um, but that... If the person dies in that scenario, i kind of feel like oftentimes it's kind of accidental, meaning they get themselves into a situation because they feel compelled. And then it goes, it goes through, but it's like not, it's actually kind of not intended So what you end up having to do with these folks is you do need to take it seriously because, because of the fact that like they, there's an autopilot portion to this. And so it's that's that, a little bit reckless almost. Right. Yeah. And, and it's impulsive. It's like, um, the impulsivity is actually what scares me as a therapist the most because you only need like a bad idea in a couple seconds, you know. So you would want to involve parents, you would involve uh other whatever their support system is. I had a person years ago where I I was like, they are going to do this when they leave here. So I had to I I basically called the family member to get down here. The person in particular, it was it was interesting because you're trying to navigate the relationship over time, and the fact that this is emergent. And I knew if I could get the person's family member here, it would be okay. But I ended up having to follow them down into the parking lot and stand behind their car. They're like, I will go. And they rev in their engine and that kind of thing. I'm like, I know, but you're just going to have to run me over, I guess. It was a very intense (laughs) moment. But that was a few years ago, and I still work with that person.
1: Uh, You do what you have to do in order to to keep... I don't want to say keep the person alive, but in order to do your due diligence to make sure that you've done everything you can do with that person in your presence until they're sort of released into the hands of their
0: family members in the community. Right. As we close up here, the reason why the community needs to be involved is because it keeps your place of your own relationship. What can happen is this person gets over is obviously already overwhelmed if you end up being the sole source then it creates this dependency and nothing actually will get fixed but they will be calling you about absolutely everything and you're going you're going to join them too much in their aloneness because you'll be alone with them and that is scary okay i didn't know if you want to say something so
1: like liking- <laughs> no just that oftentimes it can feel like they are taking you down with them and it can almost be the kind of thing where um, literally like if somebody's drowning, you know, and you jump in the water with them. They're so flailing and whatever grabbing onto you. It really does feel like you are drowning along with them. And
0: that's what you want to avoid. So in general, so we've got suicidal ideation. Somebody starts talking to you. You intentionally talk to them. You intentionally bring it up with the process and go in there with them. Look to give them the the space to be able to, to have that conversation. You do need to bring other community in over time in that situation. If they are decided and they are just giving you information that's an immediate escalation to emergent services and family and so with all of that um, deep subject hard to go but we do hope you have a great day
1: thanks for listening to our show Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt, and you'll get nine weeks worth of customized practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life.